This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. is the bonfire on the blaze radio network ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for tuning in this week to the bonfire podcast here on the Blaze Radio Network to talk about the important things. Number one, the first thing I want to talk about is the new Apple iPhone 7. Now, hold up. I'm not going to, you know, wet myself with excitement like a number of individuals out there who do this every year for Apple. And there are people that you see online, Facebook and Twitter, that say things like, iPhone 7 is bay already. That iPhone 7, though, you know, heart, heart, heart. The iPhone 7 is like the crunch wrap supreme of technology. People losing their minds over a piece of technology. That's all it is. It's a stupid phone. Now, the first one when it came out, you could see, all right, why people lost their minds. It was a, it was a pretty revolutionary concept. Just like, hmm, touchscreen, apps... It's a phone that's it's not a flip phone. It's from Apple. Mm, that's weird. Hmm, cool. Okay. But year after year now, I think seven years in a row, they always release a new one, and you always have people flipping out over it, saying, oh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. I'm so excited. I can't wait to spend my money on it. Treating it like it's the greatest experience of their life. And it's just... A stupid phone. Now, I'm saying that also because iPhone, or excuse me, Apple, has a tendency to not really shake it up every year. They do these half-assed upgrades, add a few little gimmicks to the iPhone, and then say, all right, there's a new one, let's put it on sale. But hey, they can do it because they know idiots are still going to buy it every year. They're going to want to upgrade every year. That's what a business does. If they know <laughs> that the people want it, and seemingly there are millions of people out there in the world who still do, then yeah, of course Apple's going to keep, you know, giving baby upgrades as if it's some huge, new, fantastical piece of technology. Now, I used to do that back in high school when I made CD mixes, you know, of music. I'd walk around with my friends and say, hey, man, I, need to, I made you a new mixtape. Guess what? It would maybe one or two songs on it that were new. The other 10, the other 12 were all the same, in the same order. <laughs> and they'd say, Andrew, this isn't a new mixtape. There's not a whole lot of new here. You added two songs, and yet you made me a whole new CD, and then you're, you're handing them out as if it's like all new music. It's brand new. It's fantastic, and it's great. I'm like, No, it's not. I already had all these songs. You've given me now seven renditions of these things, adding one, maybe two new songs each time you hand it to me. That is all that Apple is doing with iPhone. 
Now we have seen reports, though, that the iPhone 8, which will be a year from now, will be completely different. Of course, who knows? I guess we'll see in about a year from now if they do decide to completely reinvent it. Maybe there'd be some sort of heads-up display, you know, like the like you see in the movies. You hold it in the palm of your hand, but the technology kind of floats above it. Like it's uh, Iron Man. Like I was watching that the other day, and it has the technology that's just kind of floating around the room, and Stark is just walking through it, touching, flicking, poking, moving with his actual hands, and, it, you know, it's very virtual reality or augmented, augmented reality. Maybe that's what they're going to do a year from now. Now, if you do that, Apple... I'll be there, and you can have my money, because that sounds awesome. Because it's new, it's original, it's inventive. Right now, you're just giving a cutesy little update. It's like, oh, it's got a better camera, and we removed the uh, the uh, headphone jack, and now it has an extra speaker in that place, and now it's waterproof. Okay. All right. That's cute. And I don't take showers with my iPhone, and I don't go swimming with it, so that doesn't make a lot of difference to me. Uh, the headphone jack... I use my Bluetooth headphones now. Now, I do appreciate these uh, AirPods, yeah, wireless AirPods. So instead of having headphones that are wireless, they have little earbuds that are wireless. Now, those bad boys, 160 bucks, <laughs> kind of expensive, but kind of cool. Because, yeah, why do we need wires anymore? Who uses wires for anything anymore? It's about time we got not just wireless headphones, but wireless earbuds. Now, those look pretty promising. Of course, if you're willing to fork over that money. But the iPhone itself, okay. A nicer camera with maybe greater uh, megapixel processor. I don't even know what I'm saying. But needless to say, they still sell it for several hundred dollars, and people line up to pre-order it, and they make millions of dollars. Well, good for you, Apple. Good for you, because it's your business. You're not forcing anybody to buy this stuff, and they're still coming back to you. So good for you. I will not be upgrading mine. I have a 6S, I believe. So I don't want the 7. We'll see what comes next year. I'm still kind of making little payments on this one. Because I wanted it a year or two whenever it came out ago. I wanted it right then and there because I, I definitely needed an upgrade for sure. I had a 4 or something at the time. So I needed a new one. I needed more memory. I have, uh, I have 128 gig, I think. So I needed a new one. So now I'm making payments on it month by month, which is nice. You can spread it out over time. No, I don't want the iPhone 7. And people treated as if like um, a baby was born they say oh it's so beautiful it's finally here I've waited so long it's it's incredible it's amazing I never understood that for people who some people would take pictures of the new phone they got I'm like wait a minute you're using your old phone to take a picture of the phone that you will be using as your phone okay and then posting it online I don't care I don't care what you had for lunch and I don't care that you got the new iPhone that does jack really it's not a whole lot better than the past two and three iterations. They upgrade some software. That's always nice, but that's easy to do. You just ask people to download it. Boom, you're done. But all new hardware. Okay, a nicer camera here and there. Whatever. Waterproof. Whatever. AirPods. Okay. There's just something a little little more inventive. And then a new and upgraded uh, iWatch. Okay, Apple Watch. Oh, uh, whatever. I don't have one. Don't really want one. It wasn't that impressive when it first came out. Until it's a little more, you know, augmented reality, where it's got a heads-up display, I can kind of project things into the real world with it. I don't even know. <laughs> maybe it's a larger screen, and it's like runs along the length of my arm, and it's like a tattoo. Well, then maybe I'll be a little more interested. But when it's just a watch, I'm like, okay, this is, it's all right. Here's my point. 
the main crux of this segment. Explaining why I'm still happy that Apple does this. You know, I just said, you know, good for you, Apple, making money, doing your thing. That's a business. That's how it works. But on top of that, although I've been bashing the people who lose their minds over these latest pieces of technology, or anything else for that matter, and they go and buy it, I salute you at the same time. I salute you at the same time because here at Prager University, another video that was on YouTube, um, I'll have to look up the title here after I play a, a little piece of it, makes an excellent point that I've made here also on the bonfire. The importance of rich people, why we need them, and why we should love them. Here it is. In a free market economy, people become wealthy, making what the rich enjoy today into something almost everybody can enjoy tomorrow. The rich are the test buyers. Consider the cell phone. Now we all have them, but when Motorola manufactured the first one in 1983, it was the size of a brick, had a half-hour battery life, reception was terrible, and calls were very expensive. It cost $4,000. But if no one had bought that $4,000 brick, there wouldn't be a $40 cell phone today. In the 1960s, a computer cost over a million dollars. Nowadays, thanks to billionaires like Michael Dell, we have incredibly advanced computers that cost us a few hundred dollars. Remember what an out-of-reach luxury flat-screen TVs once were? Only the rich could afford them. Today, your living room is essentially your own private cinema. The free market is about turning scarcity into abundance. What was once available to the few is now available to the many. Wealth inequality is an important corollary to that truth. All right, I have said that before regarding Tesla. And I say it now with regard to Apple. Only because it's timely, it's relevant right now. Um, I don't want the iPhone 7. Not only is it too expensive for not much of an upgrade, um, I just don't want it. It doesn't appeal to me. However, it does appeal to millions of other people. So I thank you, other individuals out there, who do buy it. Because like this video explained, they are the test pilots, as it were. They are the ones who say, hey, I have the money. I'm willing to fork it over. I'm willing to take the eh, risk that it is. Because what if it's trash? Then they think, well, that was a waste of my money. If they find kinks in it, then they report back to Apple and say, okay, here's everything that is wrong with it. Oh, stupid audio. <laughs> Start going off by itself. Um, Yes. So that was John Tamney. He's the editor of Real Clear Markets. That was the voice you heard. Thank you, PragerU, up on YouTube. Please go check it out. It's a pretty sweet uh, YouTube channel. Making the point that I've also said before, I enjoy golf. But can I afford to have a membership anywhere? No. Can I afford to play golf every day? No. I can maybe do it once a week at a particular location near my house, and that's if I'm in the mood, all these other factors. And hell, actually, if I budget it, that's another thing. So thank you to the filthy rich, the rich, and the wealthy. You are the ones who ultimately keep those things open. Because you go in golf and you fork it over for all the food and the fees, the memberships. You're the ones who are not only giving jobs to the people who work there, so now they're making a living, which is good, but you're allowing the, the random guy, 
like me, who swings by every now and then. You're also allowing me the opportunity to go there because you're keeping it open every other day of the week. You're the ones that help pay their bills. So then when someone like me comes by, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll let you in, too. But you know why? Because it's the same price that Mr. Moneybags pays over there. But because he comes here so often and all of his buddies do, that's why we're a business. We're mostly catering to them. But feel free to stop by whenever you can and pay us a little bit of the money for the green fees, the cart, the food if you want. And you can enjoy this experience yourself. So thank you. Thank you, uh, rich people, for doing that kind of service for me and everybody else below me. I would consider myself in the middle class, absolutely. So, am I upper middle? No. <laughs> I just barely am kind of like squeaking over the, uh, I don't know, lower, I guess you could say, because I live by myself. I'm paying my rent, the utilities, my truck payments, my phone bill, things like that. And I have a little bit left over to have some savings. So yeah, that's why I'm middle class. I think you're middle class when you're able to put aside some money for savings. That's how I would define it. Uh, Upper class and richer people are the ones that can just blow through anything and have savings and then some. Lower class is where you're living paycheck to paycheck. Thank God I don't. But people like me who now go and buy, let's say, the iPhone 8 when it comes out next year. If it looks great and, I'm a, and it appeals to me, I save up a little bit of money and I'm like, all right, I'm going to join some of the rich people in buying that iPhone. But because we do that in time and because of capitalism, it drops dramatically so now the lower class can eventually afford some iPhone. They're not going to get the latest and greatest, but, you know, you don't deserve anything. None of us deserve anything. But they can afford an iPhone 6 down the road, and those are still pretty nice, okay? You know, phones, like, they, like the video said, used to be four grand. Now you can get one for 40 bucks, and that's, you know, through Amazon or from a buddy or those uh, the ones that you can throw away, whatever. It's still a piece of technology that you didn't have 20 years ago. You had car phones, and you had brick phones. It's only thanks to the test pilots, the rich people, who all said, well, we'll, we'll give it a try first. We'll pay 10 grand for a flat-screen TV that's only 40 inches. They'll be the pioneers. That way, down the road, people like me could afford a 60-inch for 500 which then down the road, you will have an 80-inch flat-screen uh, heads-up display, interactive, completely crazy, futuristic crap for, hmm, maybe, I don't know, $200. Maybe that's down the road 10 years from now. Okay? That is the beauty of it. That's how it works. So this whole iPhone rant, the people who obsess over it, and I say, well, do what you want. That's your money. At the same time, I thank you, saying, okay, great, because y'all keep buying it. Apple's going to keep updating, which then when the 8 comes out, maybe then I'll just go to the 7, and then it's super cheap for me. All I had to do was wait a year. A year for the same piece of technology to drop dramatically in price so that it could fit within my budget. I like PragerU. I think they explain things very well. And they do it in cutesy little animations, which makes it a little more interesting. It keeps your attention. So hopefully... Oof, after this 15-minute uh, segment, I've kept your attention. So look, I'm just going to jump into the other segments right after this. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. 
This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. Hey, thank you for sticking with me for another 60 seconds. I mean, through the commercial. Hopefully you pay attention throughout the rest of the podcast. Anywho, segment B, the B block. I want to talk to you about carving your own pipe. (laughs) Some of you may have noticed on my Twitter, I decided to upload a uh, photo of a pipe. Now, it's a very odd-looking pipe. That's because it used to be a block of wood. Recently, I decided to start slowly sawing, shaving, and molding it into what I wanted it to be. I'm certainly not an artist, so is it going to be nice and have some nice curvature and just you know fit nicely in the palm of your hand and be a totally beautiful, expertly made pipe? No. I'm probably going to keep it relatively square because that's easy. This is my first attempt at chopping and shaving down a block of wood into a pipe that can be used. Now, did I just find some random piece of wood and I started uh, having at it? No. This was a Christmas gift that I got from my roommates, obviously last Christmas. It only took about nine months for me to remember, oh, that's right, that's still in my room. I feel like a jackass for not having done it yet, so it's about time I take it out and actually use the gift they got me. But it felt good. I felt good. I got to take out my tools, use my vise, pop it right in, start shaving and sawing and say, okay, well, what do I want this to look like? What can I possibly do? Since I'm not artsy-fartsy, what can I do? Let's not go overboard and try to do something dramatic and then I ruin it. Let's make it easy and just make it functional. We'll make that the first one. And then down the road, if I want to make more pipes, then I can do that. And it's fun. It eats up a little bit of your time. It's like a little hobby. I used to do some woodwork frequently, and then I got so busy with work and bonfire, I thought, well, I'll put that on the back burner. So let me tell you, it was nice to get back to the tools. Nice to get back outside and, you know, see the sawdust, the sounds, and just the feeling. (laughs) Oh, my God, I tell you, you feel like such a man (laughs) when you use your tools and you make something from nothing. Well, not from nothing. You make something functional from what was just pieces of junk that just sat around. You thought, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something productive. I'm going to make something. And it's a good use of my time. For uh, most men, I would argue, it gives you some alone time that you need to just say, I'm just going to be alone with my thoughts or have a little music on in the background. And then I'll be in the garage producing, creating, doing my thing. And this was not a weekend project. It didn't take several hours. I think it took two to get, you know, 90% of it done. So anyway, this was from Man Crates, I believe. It's a pretty sweet website, actually. It's very, I wouldn't call it gimmicky. That's not the right word because that has a negative connotation. It is, it's appealing. It's fun in a stupid way. It brings out the inner kid in you. You think, wow, wait a minute, look at that. I can do that? You're like, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that for Christmas or for my birthday, or I'll just buy it because I feel like it. Lots of little packages and kits that you can buy that all give you unique mm, products. So this one, since my roommates knew I was into woodwork, thought, hey, let's get him a pipe that he can just carve out himself and use it. Because they also know I have a cigar here and there. I'm not, I don't, I've never had a cigarette. I never want one. I've never smoked pot. <laughs> Believe me, I could have. I went to Amsterdam when I was studying abroad, but I didn't do it because I, I didn't want to. I just didn't care. I don't want to get high. I like to have a little bit of alcohol to loosen up, but I don't want to be delusional, okay? 
I don't want to pretend that there's a a snake in my toilet, and I think, whoa, dude. Yeah, no, that does not appeal to me. So, I just, it was nice to be able to carve out a little pipe, and am I going to use it all that often? No, like I said, I don't smoke, but if anything, it just can be a little decoration, and I can say, oh yeah, that was a, there was a time in my life where uh, my buddies got me this gift, and I carved that out myself, and it, it functions, yes, it works. I don't smoke that often, but look, it's just nice, you know? Have you ever done this yourself, Bob? I could say it down the road 20 years from now with the neighbor or a future coworker and just be like, oh, yeah, this is memories. This is just a fun little fun little piece that I can carry with me. It, it also reminds me of our roommates. It's a nice little memento like that. So there you have it. Um, Andrew Herzog suggests that you go to mancrates.com. Check out what they have. It's pretty sweet. And if you're like me and you're into woodwork, you like to get outside, maybe have 30 minutes of alone time, Every now and then, then this is this is pretty good. You just go outside and kind of stare at it and think, hmm, let me see if I can kind of visualize the pipe within. How do I want to chisel away the pieces I don't want? And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, okay, I think I'm starting to see a pipe form here. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool to have that feeling and think, wow, I did that. I did that. Coming up next, the C block is, mm, I don't know. I'm going to have to decide during the commercial break. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, I found the topic. That was just enough time. Here on the Daily Mail, an article that caught my attention. Gluten-free dieters tripled since 2009, but the number of people with celiac disease, I believe, decreased. What does that mean? The article goes on to explain that gluten-free diets are on the rise while the people who actually suffer from gluten intolerance are dropping. The people who are actually having trouble with it are fewer and fewer. So that means the majority of the population who didn't have a problem in the first place are the ones jumping on this bandwagon of, Oh, I'm, I'm gluten-free. I don't have gluten in my diet. Okay. Whatever. I say that, and I make the joke because I actually have friends who are gluten-free, uh, uh, gluten intolerant, I should say, because they can't have it. They get ill from it. It makes them feel terrible. They can't digest it. It's not how it works. They can't do it. And then I have some people that I know in my life who are like, well, I'm gluten-free. I just, I choose not to do it. Well, bad news. Studies and doctors are now thinking and saying, hmm, probably not a good idea. You are missing out on some essential nutrients and minerals that you kind of need. So, no, you shouldn't be doing that. I always say, <laughs> whenever I go out, I'm like, extra gluten for me, please. No, um, I do want to do that one day, actually. If I'm ordering a pizza, I need to look him straight in the face and say, you know what, I'll take a, a thin crust with pepperoni, mushrooms, and extra gluten, please. <laughs> and see what his facial expression and what he says and uh, what <laughs> I really want to do that that would make my day 
Because I make that joke with my friends, saying like, oh, I want extra gluten, please. Is there a restaurant out there that can offer me extra gluten? I just do that because I'm trolling people who can't have gluten. But the point is, food trends, they're hugely influential. One person does it, and then it just spreads like wildfire. I mean, one influential person does it, it spreads. You know, if your neighbor does it, nobody cares. If it's a movie star, politician, whoever that has lots of exposure to the public eye, then yeah, they have a good chance of swaying the public. In this case, probably not such a good thing. Let's see what the numbers here are. According to the search engine, searches for the product cauliflower rice have rocketed between 2014 and 2016. There's a seven-year slump in pasta sales as people are moving to lighter foods because they believe gluten is bad, period. Or too much of it. Okay, well, yeah, too much of anything is bad for you. Not too much love. That's about the only thing. Too much of everything else is bad for you. Data aside, anyone living in a major American city will have witnessed the proliferation of cafes and restaurants offering gluten-free alternatives of cookies, muffins, sandwiches, and more. Yes, absolutely. I'm starting to see that pop up and think, no, I don't want that. I'm going to stick with normal. But initially, that was only for the people who couldn't handle it, physically couldn't handle it. Now it's just a health craze to be like, oh, well, it's the, it's the cool thing to do. It's what all the healthy people are eating, the gluten-free things. Okay, well, the danger is that it could, ri- it could lead to a rise in the number of people suffering from orthorexia, i.e. compulsively cutting out food groups to be healthy. Hmm. Now, we has also have a tendency in today's world to try to label everything, you know, ADD, ADHD. And if you're moody, it's like, well, that is, you might be diagnosed as bipolar mood disorder. I don't know. There is another term. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, they're all trying to come up with scientific doctor terms. No, it's called, you know, you're, just, you're just being pissy. <laughs> I know that. If I don't eat, that's what happens to me. I don't get bipolar if I don't eat. I just get fizzy. <laughs> I get moody. I get grumpy. That's what it was. That's what it's called. That's what it's always been the whole time. You don't have some underlying deep heretical uh, genetic issue. No, it's you just didn't eat. So go eat something and come back to me when you're in a better mood. Boom, done. There's your diagnosis. Okay? Cutting out gluten is not the right thing for everybody unless you are actually allergic and incapable of handling the gluten. The article here says, young women in particular are at risk of becoming neurotic about their food. To be fair, I I wouldn't say I'm neurotic, but I'm always looking for the higher calorie foods, as I mentioned in a previous podcast. I'm underweight. I'm looking to stuff my face more often with more calories. Sometimes that can be painful, because as you're eating, you're thinking to yourself, if I take another bite, I'm going to throw it all up. And then you're back to square one, and it's gross, and you look like an idiot. So, yeah, it's not all, you know, sunshine and lollipops for skinny people. If we're trying to gain weight, that is difficult. Just like if you're fat and you're trying to lose weight, that's also difficult, okay? Everybody has their own problem that they're they're trying to tackle, trying to deal with. If you are not gluten intolerant, why would you add this to your list? I'm sure you have enough to worry about. Why would you, you're trying to construct your entire day around food. I mean, I, I do. I think breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's how I schedule things out. If I had to start cutting things out of my food consumption, I would lose more weight. So if you're someone who's average, why would you just make it more difficult to go find where you're going to get some food 
or pay more because gluten-free is more expensive from what I've seen. You're going to pay more money at f- a number of restaurants that serve it to eat and feel better, you know, but you're not going to feel better. Mentally, you may think you're doing something good, but your body's going to be like, whoa, where's my gluten? Give me back my gluten! As well as it should because you need it. You need to have that balance of everything, all the minerals, the vitamins, and the proteins, the carbs. I don't know what most of this crap is. I just eat. You know, I think your body does a pretty good job of knowing what it wants. If it needs a little sugar, then that's why you go get a Powerade. You get a a little bit of Coke. You don't have to drink the whole thing. You don't have to drink 20 gallons of Kool-Aid. But you can get yourself, I'm going to eat one cookie. I'm going to go get a little cookie, eat it, and be like, okay, that was enough sugar I needed. That's just what I needed. My body told me I needed it. Just like when you're hungry or thirsty. You don't need to drink 20 gallons of water a day. If you're thirsty, go drink a water. If you're not, don't force it down. Because there was a time that I was doing that myself. I was trying to force down a gallon of water a day. I don't do that anymore. I drink water, you know, for my meals. I don't drink a lot of soda. (laughs) My only problem is I do drink Red Bull almost on a daily basis, and that's terrible. That's a fault on my part, you know. But, yeah, I generally I make sure, okay, I have to have water for at least one meal because I want to make sure that I am well hydrated. You know, there's plenty of water in your food and your your day-to-day, and I'm certainly not sweating up a storm. I'm not working out every day, so I'm not losing a whole lot of water. My water consumption is pretty fine, if I do say so myself. My gluten consumption (laughs) is pretty good. Extra gluten for me, please. But I could always use more pasta, because I love pasta. It is perhaps my favorite food. Because you load that bad boy with some meat sauce, throw some chicken, some shrimp, some spinach, a little bit of cheese, mix it all up. Shove it down your throat. Man, that's a, that's a good, hefty meal right there. That's the kind of stuff I like. Problem is, I hate cooking, so that's why I don't eat it that often. But that's, again, my problem. I am not gluten-free, and I'm not gluten intolerant. I am extra gluten. I'm in the extra gluten movement. And it starts right here, right now, with Andrew Herzog. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com liars. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, finally, the last one today. I'm going to open up a little, a little honest insight into my life. My name is Andrew Herzog. I started this podcast with a buddy of mine in March of 2015. 15. It was picked up by the Blaze Radio in January 2016, and I've been doing it ever since. I was initially pretty terrified to do it by myself, and that is because of you know scheduling conflicts and the fact that my friend uh, got married, and he moved on with his life. It's great. Um, he might be able to make it back one day, contribute in some way, write articles, and you know do what we were doing before as uh, as teammates. But you know still a little jealous that he was able to uh 
find his, his wife and move on as being an adult. That's great. Couldn't be happier for you. The, uh, the thing is, yeah, like I said, I was scared to do it by myself, thinking, okay, how am I supposed to talk for 30 minutes by myself? That was all I was trying to wrap my mind around, was just 30 minutes, because I'd certainly done ones before when uh, my uh, friend and co-host couldn't join me, and I would talk for maybe 15 minutes. And it'd be one topic, maybe 10 minutes. And I'd say, well, I guess that's all I have to say. All right, goodbye, good night. But now I can regularly go beyond 30 minutes. I'd say it averages around 40 minutes. I've gone as high as 50, maybe. So I'm becoming more and more comfortable with the podcast. Perhaps, and here is the opening up part. Perhaps it's because as I, a single 26-year-old, is kind of going through life. You, in my particular case, I feel the most growth that I've had as an individual has been after college. Both in terms of maturity and personality, my character, yes. After college is when the person you're listening to right now is where it all developed. Made lots of mistakes in high school and college. Certainly grew, yes. But I would say more so since college, which was four years ago. So in a four-year period, I feel I've had the most growth in a, in a personal way. This podcast helps me because when I go through my day-to-day, anything that is upsetting me, sometimes I will try to lace it into the show. I don't know if you all noticed or not, but as I'm speaking, I'm kind of talking to myself. I'm literally here in a room by myself, okay? So I am talking to myself. So whenever I'm having a problem or an issue or I'm trying to defend a point or make a case for a movie, even... The, the points and the cases that I'm trying to explain, I'm kind of talking to myself. I'm kind of talking myself through some of these things. I recently had a eh, one of the more difficult days in my life. And uh, I've had a few days like that before. I just felt like, why am I here? Why am I alive? What am I doing? That is a universally human question <laughs> and trait. We've all done it. Um, and we've all done it at different times in our lives for different reasons. That's what makes us all individuals. Um, somebody, for example, who lose, loses a parent when they're 12 years old will go through that huge crisis at such a young age. I luckily still have both my parents. So later in life, that means I'm going to have to deal with the loss of a parent while someone else has already gone through it. So as we each make our ways, our, our ways through our lives, we will be dealing with different challenges. This podcast helps me sometimes deal with whatever issues I may personally be having. So there you go. A little admission for you. Bonfire is for entertainment, but it's also to kind of track where I've been. I could look at old episodes and say, okay, at this point in time, that's what I was talking about. Oh, there's the topic on that. I wonder what my thoughts are on that. And I'll maybe click through it real quick. And see, oh, that's right, that's what I thought. That's what I believed. Okay, yep, that still holds true. It's sort of a diary. A verbal diary, week by week, of the topics I thought were important or interesting. It helps me get my thoughts out. I am an introvert. You know, I need time alone to recharge. But believe me, when it's recharged and my battery's back up to 100%, (laughs) I gotta get rid of the energy. I can't just keep it bottled up. That ain't good. That's where the socializing comes in, okay? Okay. So that's where I think most of the world is. Most people are ambiverts. 
you're in the middle. You know, you some people are recharged and invigorated with m- the more people around them. So they love to be the socialites and the partiers, and they get out and see the world, and that's great. Do whatever you need to do to keep yourself going. For some people, it's to be a, a complete bookworm and just be at home alone all by yourself probably forever and ever. <laughs> that works for some people. For most of us, it is, okay, I need I need five minutes alone. I'm just going to go... I'm going to go lay down for in my room a little bit and then take a 15-minute nap. Or I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go for a drive. I'm just going to go drive for like 10 minutes. I need to think through whatever problems I'm going through, and I'm just going to handle it that way. Or you're going to go talk to one buddy for the night because you don't want to be surrounded by 20 people. You don't feel like going out to a party. You just want to have spend some quality time with one individual. I recharge my batteries by being alone, reading, and doing this podcast. This helps me think through uh, some of the problems that I may or may not be having. And these articles that I read and thoughts that I share about the beauties of capitalism and why the iPhone 7 is stupid. Eh, it's not. I'm not just talking out of my... <laughs> I'm not just talking. I am trying to understand why I have these gut feelings sometimes. As soon as I saw the iPhone 7, I thought, I don't care. I thought to myself, well, why don't I care? You know, that's just how my personality works. I do ponder a lot. Things just kind of are rattling around up there, and this podcast helps me kind of filter through some of the topics once a week, and that's nice. I don't I don't know if I could do it every day. You know, it's not a daily show. This is a once-a-week show, and I do my best to find interesting things, make my points, make my argument, maybe convince you or at least pique your interest, and then you go do your own research, your own homework, and make your own decision about movies and music and books. (laughs) I am just expressing parts of myself. And here you go. There you are. This this was the final show. The final show. The final segment of this week's show. A little admission from Andrew and myself that there's a personal reason to the podcast. It helps me keep my head on straight. It allows me to have a kind of verbal diary of where I've been, what I'm talking about, and it allows me to share my thoughts, I mean, to others. So, yeah, there's there's a degree of that. Most definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the Bonfire Podcast this week on the Blaze Radio Network. You can find us, the Bonfire, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. I've said it once, and I will say it again. I will get back to writing more frequently once things in my life settle down. And they will. They will. Bonfire is all about, you got to keep that positive attitude, because Lord knows, any one of us, no, excuse me, Every one of us has a problem right now. We have some sort of battle and some sort of struggle that we're dealing with. Sometimes it's completely devastating and sometimes it's really nothing and you just need to suck it up. Either way, you need to deal with it. Keeping the positive attitude and plugging along usually resolves the issue. Don't bitch, don't moan, and don't complain. That doesn't do anything. Don't uh, worry about it. You're just going to eat yourself up more about that. You can do it. You know why? Because I tell myself that frequently. I have to say, Andrew, just keep doing it. Keep going. Don't give up. And don't, don't you know, sit on it. Don't think about it too much. Sometimes that's the worst thing you can do is think about things too much. Overthinking. Don't do it. Words from the bonfire. <laughs> this is Andrew Herzog, out. This is the bonfire on demand on the Blaze Radio Network.